Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. I'm Paul Tizar, Fear Flying Coach and creator of the Overcome Your Fear of Flying in 30 Days program. And today we're talking mindfulness and we are joined by a mindfulness guru. Can I say guru? Anyway, Frederiki, <laughs> who you may have you may have seen her or heard her on the podcast when we talk about hypnotherapy, because Frederiki has many talents, including mindfulness. And I've just completed an eight-week course with her and her colleague Sonia to learn about mindfulness. I'm delighted that I can talk to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Welcome, Frederiki. Would you call yourself a mindfulness guru? Probably not. Semi <laughs> guru. I liked this. I did. I did like the sound of it. Probably teacher. Right. Okay. And how long? How long have you been doing the mindfulness stuff? either as a participant or a teacher? I did my first, I attended my first course probably about seven or eight years ago. And between then and two years ago, I attended another one. And a couple of years ago, I decided that I wanted to train to be a mindfulness teacher. Hmm. Thank you. I going to ask you why you went towards it in the first place. I think curiosity the first time round, and I, you know, I'm not sure why, but I didn't get an awful lot out of that course. I don't know whether it was the format that they were running, but I didn't get an awful lot out of that course and put it to one side. And then a few years later, a couple of lovely guys were running a course at a charity called The Listening Place. And they were running the course at a reduced rate and were donating all the money to the charity. Wow. And the listening place is somewhere where I volunteer. And I thought, what a great thing to do. I will, I will take a place there and give some money. <laughs> and that reintroduced mindfulness as a as a formal format because I've been meditating for a long time but that's slightly different to the eight-week course that you attended I'll get into that so obviously there was still a curiosity from the first course that you weren't put off then the second one this is a place that you do some volunteering I've I've heard Mm. of the the listing place I don't know much about it but uh, sounds like a great idea yeah, we sit with people who are suicidal. It's face-to-face. They get the same listener, and we sit with people who are suicidal. They do great work there. Awesome. Um, so, so, yeah, I think, okay, I should take a step back, actually. After I did the first course, I liked the meditation, but I, I knew it had come out of Buddhism originally. So I started reading books written by Buddhist monks, that informed my um, my own practice of meditation. And then later attending the other course, I thought, actually, there is something in this mm. for people who aren't interested in learning about Buddhism and going to a monastery and joining the Buddhist society. Which yeah. I'm assuming you haven't done. Which I've done. You have done? All of, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you in fact a monk? <laughs> I think they. I think I would be a nun, but no, I, I'm not. Okay, just yeah. checking. 
because you, know, you, don't, you don't know you know i haven't seen you for a couple it's, of weeks anything's yeah, possible anything's possible <laughs> yeah i i don't um i don't aspire to be a nun but no no so the interesting thing for me, well, there's lots of things that are going off in my head, but the one that sort of stood out is you mentioned sort of the Buddhist links. I'm I'm curious how it went from that to where we have it today. How did all that happen? Okay, so it a guy called John Cabot Zinn, who worked in a hospital in the States, the name of I don't remember, but he he was um he was a Buddhist follower himself and had been meditating for many, many years. And there were a group of people in the hospital who weren't responding to any of the pain management that the hospital was offering. Mm. And his Buddhist teaching informed his next decision, which was based on the fact that to take it to its simplest, we spend all our time either trying to get away from something or trying to get something. And that's where, not always, but sometimes the misery breeds. So how long ago was that then? That sounds oh. quite a current thing. What we talking? No, no, this was quite a long time ago and, and I'm not going to be able to tell you when. I'm looking around because um, I have a number of these books, but... Um, I'm not very good on that sort of, you know, dates oh, and times and stuff. I don't um, think, I don't no, think this, it's critical. This, this, yeah, this this was, no, this was uh, maybe 15, maybe 20 years ago, maybe even 25. But he's still around. He still teaches. So he took a group of people who, as I say, were having problems with pain management. They had um, chronic conditions. You know, they were going to continue to have to live with these issues that they had. And um, it was about working with them to help them to live with what was there um, rather than fighting against it and, and to be able to get the best out, out of what life did have for them. And it worked. And it worked so well that it became uh, an ongoing thing in the hospital and others started to pay attention and started modeling what he was doing. Mm. What's really interesting actually is that the first couple of guys who tried to um, model didn't have much success. And what came out of it was that you have to have your own meditation practice. You have to be meditating yourself to be able to pass this stuff on. You have to go it's there something. first. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to go there first. Maybe mm. that was what was lacking in the first course that I did. I don't know. Mm. Um, so people are just doing it, well, following the structure, but weren't living yeah. it. And so you don't yeah. get that sort of, it's not congruent or embedded in the way that they're yeah. doing what they do. Yeah. So, th so that was with the first course you're saying that it just, it, it didn't perhaps flow properly from them because they weren't, you didn't think they were doing it themselves. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, they had been told, actually, that you have to have your own practice mm. to be able to teach this. But I guess they didn't quite believe it. <laughs> so they then went back again and spoke with John Kabat-Zinn and realised what they had to do for themselves and went from there. 
And since then, it has sprung up in a more sort of formal way. Oxford University teach it as part of their psychology department. So do a couple of other universities. It's interesting, actually, because, you know, people listening to this, anyone who is involved in meditation or mindfulness, there's a whole group of people that have been doing this for eons out of Buddhism. And I think some of them feel that what they were doing has been hijacked and has been turned into a product. Mm. It's been turned into a product for people like me and Sonia, who you met, wonderful yeah. Sonia, who teaches the courses with me. Yeah. For people like us who have trained through Oxford University, we have to jump all kinds of hoops to get our teaching certificates and remain registered. But those who have come to meditation through Buddhism would say, what's that all about? Yeah, you've turned what's a, a sort of natural way of living, a path that you're invited to explore mm. into a, a product and they would say you don't need qualifications etc etc to be teaching these courses we would say the reason that it's a good idea to have this background is because if you're not trained in some kind of psychology you are going to be working with people who are troubled from time to sure. time yeah. and what do you do with that mm. when it arises yeah so you want a uh... A level. So aside from the commercial bit, you could say the same about martial arts, you know, that you know, yeah. that was taught father to son or father to daughter and then passed on that way. You didn't there was no yeah. belts. But when it yeah. came over, uh, yeah. then it there was grades and, and and maybe we need those sort of milestones to know that we've achieved something. I don't know. Yeah. That's another debate yeah. probably. But okay, so what is it then? What yeah, is it? Yeah, what is it? What's it all about? Okay, well, what it's, what it's all about is being in contact with the present moment at all times or as much as possible. Mm. And would you say that you are then? I think I recognise when I'm not and I can bring myself back if that's appropriate. I might be in my head standing at bus stop remembering my dear mother who passed away many years ago and be having a nice time. And there's no reason not to stay there if that's what mm. I want to do. If I'm standing at the bus stop and I'm remembering the crosswords that I had with somebody and it's creating tension in my shoulders and I'm ready to push the next person who pushes in front of me out the way, <laughs> then, then maybe it would be a good idea to come out of my head back into the present moment and I guess with your fighting skills and yeah. that temper it's a good thing that you found <laughs> mindfulness it it really is you for everybody imagine. else well obviously exactly you, but yeah for, for us as well that could get yeah. in the way yeah yeah the Muay Thai boxing and and the Greek temperament you know yeah lovely combo so uh, so that's what it is if I may ask how how would you say it's helped you because then we're looking to say, well, how might it help 
people who have a fear of flying, for example. So, so tell yeah, me what it's done I mean, for you. I have to tell you, um, I, I want to, I know this isn't what we're meant to be doing, but I want to ask you what it did for you because you've just done the eight-week course. That's a good question and, and yeah. well deflected. Uh, okay, so I noticed first, so when we did the first activity without sort of being ruining the plot, you do this thing with mm. this with a raisin and you examine it and you hold it and mm. you touch it and you taste it and, and you just try and bring all those sort of senses to it and explore something, you know, just a tiny raisin. And that was interesting. I'd, I'd heard about that, but I'd never done it. And so that's what I would say with mindfulness. I'd read some books. I even quoted stuff. Mm. I've done lots of meditation in the past, but I would have called that self-hypnosis because that's what I did 30 years ago. And so I always thought of it like that. But I knew it was a kind of a, it was that there was a, some link to meditation in the way that I did it because it, I wasn't doing the, so I thought, yeah. is, am I self-hypnosis? Anyway, aside from that. But I feel that most of it was theoretical. So what that what your course did was bring me, make me realize how often my brain was clearing off somewhere else. So yeah. we do this very simple activity just to stay present for yeah. literally a number of minutes. And then I'd realize I'd gone every sort of 15 seconds or somewhere else. And so I'd come back. Then come back, yeah. then come back, come back. And how hard it is to actually just stay in the moment. And what I noticed over the eight weeks of doing the practice in between, I wasn't as good as some of the other students, you know, but I did do something in between <laughs> each time. So I'm asking for forgiveness. Uh, but I noticed that I was able to, a couple of really helpful things was being able to label thoughts. And I've talked about this before. As you know, you've seen me speak. So yeah. I do talk yeah. about that. But I'd, I hadn't done it as much for myself as I could have done. And so that was the thing that being able to just kind of go notice, oh, like, there's one of those things going on again and grabbing that cluster. Now, I've taught that for years. You've heard me mm. talk about it. But somebody, it has to be somebody else helping you to actually do it for yourself. And then once you've done it, you, you can get it. So I'm still doing that. And I felt, I felt, I would say, more peaceful lovely and that's right that that's what you're doing you're beginning to connect with your own mind and notice where your mind goes and the way the courses are structured is that they build week on week so you're taking small pieces at a time and putting your focus of attention on mm. just that one thing and it's bringing into awareness how the mind affects the body, how the body affects the mind. And, and I know you know all this stuff because to some degree, as you say, um, it's stuff that we, we, we use, we teach when we do hypnotherapy. The really big difference here, though, is with hypnosis and self-hypnosis as well. It's about taking yourself somewhere else. Mm. Yeah. And this is actually the complete opposite. Yes. You're not taking yourself anywhere else at all. You're bringing yourself out of your mind, out of your thoughts, out of your brain, whatever that thing is, <laughs> into the present moment. Where are your feet right now? Mm. Feel your feet. What's going on? Can you feel fabric of sock? Can you feel shoe? Can you feel floor? 
but you know bringing your attention into this minute this moment so that's where the two really really differ yeah um and you know you've known me a long time Paul and and I do all kinds of things you know hypnotherapy psychotherapy mindfulness it's not one size fits all Mm. and it's useful to have different techniques for someone for someone who is going to take a journey that they're not looking forward to so perhaps someone who's an anxious flyer yeah most of the well it's not most it's all of the anxiety is being created in their head it doesn't exist in reality no one else is having that same experience just them and it's all in their head so it's their own fault then is that what you're saying yeah absolutely no (laughs) you mean person (laughs) just to be clear then and i know you're not no it's just what the mind does Mm. yeah you know we're not going to go into why did they develop that safety feature which is what these things are but they have and all the anxiety and all the distress is being created in their head and if they can learn away from the airport and the aeroplane about that and how to move from being in their head to being back in the present moment it's another technique Mm. so the explore that a little bit more then so somebody who's listening with a fear of flying thinks oh i like the sound of this mindfulness stuff Mm. how does being in the present moment help them if the present moment is the very thing that's terrifying them well because it's not the airport that's terrifying them and it's not the aeroplane that's terrifying them it's what's going to happen and that's not real that only exists in their head and that's why someone can sit next to them on the aeroplane and not have that experience because their thoughts are doing something else altogether Mm. if i'm sitting next to them i'm thinking about how long before i can be on the beach because that's the only reason for going on holiday. <laughs> yeah, holidays. I remember those. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess when you're on the beach, you're extremely mindful. You should be. Yeah. You've spent all that money to get there. Yeah. You should really notice the feel of the sand, the sound of the water, the sound of people having fun around you. Yeah. Mm. So... If you're mindful most of the time, does that make you feel like you live longer? Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't, do you know, no one's ever asked that and I've not thought about it. What it does do is... I don't know where that came from either. Sorry about that. That's all right. What it does do is it means that you you are in contact with every moment of your life. Hmm. I was aware when I was doing my meditation... And, and I thought I'd have a head start having done the hypnosis. And actually, to some degree, yes. But my problem is I zonk out really quickly, which is okay. the opposite of what you want. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. So when I was going through it, I was aware that I was time traveling all the time in my head was what I was kind of thinking it. Like, so I'd be going backwards or going forwards, what I've got to do, yeah. or what I'm thinking about something that happened dwelling. Yeah. yeah. And that bringing it back and bringing it back was such a, 
it was actually much more difficult than I thought. And Which is some... why we call it a practice, mm. yeah? And it's a lifelong practice. And it's not about, I think there's a, a, a mistaken belief in the West that mindfulness or meditation is about emptying your head. And it's not about emptying your head because that can't happen. <laughs> it's, it's actually about noticing what's going on in your head but not getting involved. Mm. So observing. Yeah. And just, as I say, not, not getting involved. And, and some people think in terms of, you know, put the thoughts in the clouds or I've, I've heard all kinds of ideas. You don't need to do that. Just observe. Just let them happen. Which is an interesting idea because they sort of the paradox in my head is that you're the very way to be present is to, it sounds like you're detaching from thoughts. That might not be the right word, but that's that's how it's sort of how it's landing with me. You are a little if your thoughts are in the past or in the future. You're not detaching with your thoughts that relate to what you're doing in the moment. And that's why it's an opportunity to live your life to the full. So are you you're choosing your thoughts then or is it just or are they just happening for you anyway? Your thoughts just happen for you, but you're choosing where you put your attention. Um, And so for somebody who's a nervous flyer and they're thinking, okay, I get it. This is my experience is different to somebody else's. My thought patterns are different to somebody else's. What do I do? What would be my next steps? How do I do this stuff? Okay, well, there's no point trying to weave the parachute once you're at the airport or on the plane. Just pause for a moment. What does that mean? <laughs> that means... We don't need a parachute, to... do we, when we get near a plane, though? No. It means you have to practice the art of meditation and you practice it where you are safe, where it's familiar, and then gradually you're bringing it into your life wherever you are. So if I was more practised... Mm-hmm. generally and then i i've got a flight coming up what what results might i expect you would be able to notice where your thoughts are going notice if that's unhelpful and instead of joining in and keeping it going you have the option then to bring yourself back to the present moment if you're at the airport and you're aware that you're feeling anxious what thoughts is it that's gener- that are generating that anxiety? If the thoughts are, you know, I don't know, the plane is going to crash, yeah? And, and everyone, I'm, I'm very aware that everyone does their fear of flying in their own particular way. But if, if it's that the plane is going to crash, that's thought on its own isn't what's generating the anxiety. It's all the th- it's like a train so you get on at the plane is going to crash but then you're on a train journey about all the horror that's going to take place yeah and and everyone has their own little movie that they're running about what that means and what the outcome is going to be and we know because we've worked with people with a fear of flying they will run the film you know right through to people standing at their graveside sometimes 
you know, it's about not staying on that train. So you don't get on the train to begin with? Well, no, you can't necessarily avoid getting on a train, but you notice it very quickly and you step off and you let the train ride. Mm. So you're not letting the thoughts carry you away. You kind yeah. of realise, I've, oh, this, I've jumped on this train Here of I thought. Ooh. Yeah. And then you step off. Yeah, you step off. Because if you step off and leave it alone, it will just pass. Mm. No one gets caught in one thought mm. uh, without being able to move on. No one laughs without stopping and no one cries without stopping, I always say. And thoughts are the same. Yeah, so they have a they have a sell-by date. They, they clear off. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, they have a sell-by date. They expire. Yeah. They do they expire. Have an expiry date. Yeah. So uh, aside from the, the nervous flying side of it, then if we are present more, so if we do the mindfulness stuff and we feel more present, would you say that it, it enhances every aspect of your life? That's well, a definitely. leading question. Yeah. No, that, yes, definitely. It's unavoidable. So meditation, and there are different kinds of meditation, as you now know, meditation is what creates mindfulness and mindfulness enhances every area of your life. Yes, we did some activities during the course, which I really encourage you to do, where you you know you start with the raisin and then you do lots and lots of, and it builds and it builds like Frederick yeah. said. And so it's, and I did note I did notice that just like some of the things, some of the activities which were really simple but were quite striking were the mindful walking. You know, just like paying yeah. attention to just walking around the kitchen. Obviously, with no one else there because you're doing it in a sort of a weird, slow, deliberate way. Though, <laughs> so of course, that's what you're doing. The- don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with that is that you're starting off very slowly because we don't normally naturally move very slowly so that you can bring awareness to it. But as a practice meditator, you can bring mindfulness to walking fast and to running. I think Sonia mentioned on our course um, about the running and, and I too run and it, it's a it's a wonderful experience to bring your mindfulness into any activity. I, th- I think um, an example that I quite like actually is that when I'm running and I find myself feeling stressed by the run, I every time I guarantee you my thoughts have just been can't do this, can't keep going, yeah, oh my God, oh, I'm going to pass out, yeah. And soon as I come back into the present moment and the feel of the ground and the movement of my arms and the rest of my body, suddenly I can, it's fine, everything's okay, I can do the half marathon. Well, that's powerful. If you ever needed more of an advert for it, I can't think of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Really, that's that's the sort of difference it makes. Mm. Because we both know your thoughts impact. And for people who are afraid of flying and don't fly, their thoughts have impacted to a degree that they're not doing something with their life. Yes. Well, I always say it limits your choices, doesn't it? Because Absolutely. Uh, the fear and the, the, all the thoughts and everything that goes with it becomes 
almost insurmountable. It's yeah. like a wall, you know, and it's hard yeah. to get past it. Yeah. So chipping away at it with something like mindfulness sounds like it could be really helpful. Okay, yeah. so someone's listening, they go, great. How do I start? What would you what would you recommend is the, the best next steps? And obviously, if they're lucky, they might get to come on one of your courses. <laughs> Yay. So I think there are two, and, and I, though I'm trained through Oxford, I think there are two paths you can take. And one of them is is quite spiritual and it's it's Buddhism. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of monasteries and Buddhist societies around the country. You make contact with one of them and you set yourself on a path that way. And that's perfectly legitimate and safe. The other way, if, if you don't want to go along that path, and, and I'm loath to call it religion because actually Buddhists don't call it religion either. No. So the the alternative way, though, is to do something secular. And that means finding someone who has trained to teach the eight-week courses. And there are two types. There's MBCT, Mindfulness-Based Cognitive Therapy, Mm -hmm. which is what's come out of Oxford, And then there's another one, which is MBSR, which is mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is taught at a couple of other institutions around the country. They're slightly different. You would need to go on the internet and have a look and see which one appeals to you. Yeah. What about, there's lots of people who listen to this podcast around the world. How might they access it? Because that sounds a little bit UK-based, which is great. No, not not at all, because actually MBSR, which is what John Kabat-Zinn first was set up in America. So, uh, yeah, it, it's not at all UK-based. I've done training courses with people now on Zoom with people from all over the world. Mm. And, yeah, so, so it's not UK-based, but you're still looking at MBCT and MBSR. Brilliant. That's really helpful. So if someone's interested in doing some training with you specifically, I'm going to put an email in the comments of this podcast, but just for just for ease in case someone doesn't read it, what would you say is the best email or the best contact? So Sonia and I will be running another course in September. We're taking a break for the summer. We're starting again in September and we are taking names for those who are interested and want to be contacted nearer the time. If you email contact at frederiki.com. Frederiki spelt with K's and things, isn't it? And things. It's F-R-E-D-E-R-I-K-I. It's as easy as it sounds. <laughs> All right, just check in, you know. Yeah. Let's not yeah, make assumptions, yeah. you know, that someone might hear us stuff. Oh no C's, no E's, no Y's. It's really, yeah. Yeah. My parents couldn't spell, they kept it simple. Yeah, well, that's excellent. So that, that's great. <laughs> so, Frederiki, as always, thank you very much. That was amazing. I think there'd be some really nice stuff to help people who are listening in on the mindfulness. The other thing is that if you can't get through or you want to just ask me some questions you can always drop me an email it's paul at lovefly.co.uk so much Um, easier than frederiki.com well yeah i mean i didn't want to mention it but yes (laughs) you know if you could do something about that'd be 
be helpful for future podcasts but no Frederick, thank you that was awesome thank you paul for inviting me on and keep meditating <laughs> <laughs>